Hello, and welcome to Pontifax, ranking all of the popes from Peter to Francis. I'm Bree, and today it's just me, and we're not actually ranking popes from Peter to Francis, but I'm bringing you a full episode of A Pope Watch. Much has happened since we were last able to get an episode out, and it's time to catch you all up. And on that note, as you may know, the podcast is currently in an unforeseen and indefinite hiatus. So this is as good a chance as any to update you on the status of the show. Don't worry, the podcast isn't going away. We still have plenty of episodes that are ready to be recorded. But my co-host is currently dealing with some serious life upheaval that has to take priority. So unfortunately, it would be difficult at this time to nail down an actual date that we're going to be able to return to regular releases. We might be able to get some out on a less than consistent schedule, but it might be a while before we're back on the old bi-weekly format. And when we do release, those episodes will be regular episodes, starting with Pope Formosus. Our Easter special, which we did in fact record in full, will be hung on to until next year. It is very Eastery after all, and we do know that the date of Easter is vehemently defended. So we don't want to end up being accidental heretics. And on one final and personal note before we get to the Pope Watch, on June 4th, Fry and I suddenly and unexpectedly lost someone very dear to us. Richard, known as Heckin' Richard, who you may have heard on our Patreon, on our Pontifex specials, was a wonderful person, an avid supporter of everything we did. We will miss him dearly. So if you have a moment, Spare a heck for Heck and Richard today, because he would have loved it. And now, I'm here to give you that Pope Watch. So first off, going back to March. Between March 28th and April 1st, Pope Francis received a delegation of First Nations leaders and residential school survivors from Canada as part of the first steps towards apology and reconciliation for residential schools in light of the horrific discoveries of mass unmarked graves of children on residential school sites across Canada in the summer of 2021. So briefly, as I do intend to cover this in detail at a later time, the residential school system was implemented by the Canadian Department of Indian Affairs, yes, cringe over that, and Catholic and Christian churches from 1894 onwards. Some sources will state that this process ended in 1947, but the last residential school in Canada was not closed until 1996. Attendance at a residential school was mandatory and brutally enforced for First Nations children, where they were isolated from their culture and their relatives with the goal of assimilating them into Canadian, European culture, society, and, of course, religion. And as that sentence should indicate, these became places of abuse and trauma and an incalculable loss of cultural connection and belonging. The delegation's meeting with Pope Francis included traditional songs and drumming, as well as personal accounts of the horror inflicted by residential schools. Quoting an article from CTV News, quote, Delegates said that they wanted the Pope to understand how they've been shaped by the legacy of the Catholic Church and Canada's residential school system, as well as the impact of that system on subsequent generations. 
In the emotional meeting, they requested the doctrine of discovery be rescinded and indigenous lands be returned. They also requested Pope Francis travel to Canada to apologize for the church's role in residential schools. Now, the First Nations people of Canada have been calling for an apology from the Catholic Church for residential schools for decades and have largely gone ignored until this moment. And after the meeting concluded, on April 1st, Pope Francis did issue that long-awaited apology, the full text of which I will post in the show notes. But this is, of course, only the first step. Following this, in May, Pope Francis then announced that he will be undertaking a visit to Canada as part of the reconciliation process from July 24th to 29th. He will visit Edmonton, Quebec City, and Iqaluit, which came as a surprise to many and a disappointment as it omitted Kamloops, BC, which has been called ground zero for the discoveries of the remains of these children. The Pope's mobility issues are cited as the reason for so few stops. And that brings us naturally into discussing Pope Francis's mobility issues, as it was also announced in May that the pontiff is currently struggling with standing and walking as a result of a torn ligament in his knee and will have to undergo minor surgery to correct it. Francis, who also had colon surgery last year, has been ordered not to walk by his doctor and has since appeared at several events in a wheelchair, which he has expressed he does not enjoy. The knee has also forced Pope Francis to postpone several apostolic visits, including to Florence in February, Lebanon that was scheduled for June, and now to the Democratic Republic of Congo and South Sudan, scheduled for July, on the advice of his doctors to, quote, not jeopardize the results of the therapy he is undergoing. No word yet whether Francis will also have to postpone his visit to Canada, which could be very damaging to those newly formed relations with the First Nations people. And of course, as we discussed on our collaboration with Popular History, Francis's knee has added a great amount of fuel to the rumors that he's looking to resign. However, Francis is doing nothing to dissuade people of this speculation at the moment, to the point where almost feels like he's trolling. Despite saying that he has no plans currently to retire, Francis announced that on August 28th, he will visit L'Aquila to celebrate Mass at the Basilica, which contains the tomb of Celestine V, to celebrate the Feast of Forgiveness created by Celestine V. Now, Celestine V, of course, is famous for being a hermit monk who did not want to be Pope at all. And when he was essentially forced to become Pope, he installed a decree that Popes had the right to resign, and then did exactly that in 1294. He is not, as you will see in many sources, the first Pope to resign, as that was Pope Pontian in 235, but he is the last Pope to have voluntarily resigned until Pope Benedict XVI retired in 2013. See? Francis is trolling. And finally, we also need to talk about the new consistory, the one that Greg accurately predicted in our collaboration. On May 29th, Pope Francis announced a new consistory will take place on August 27th, where he will appoint 21 new cardinals from around the world. Which notably, if you listened to that collab, 
places the cardinal electorate well above the maximum of 120 cardinals outlined in the Apostolic Constitution. So we still don't know exactly how that's going to play out. The appointments for the new consistory include bishops from France, Nigeria, Ghana, Brazil, India, Timor, Italy, Singapore, Paraguay, Mongolia, Colombia, Belgium, and the USA. But it's this last one, the cardinal from the USA, that is causing the greatest amount of discourse and seemingly a strong political message to the American bishops at large. The new cardinal in question is Bishop Robert Walter McElroy of San Diego. McElroy has been Bishop of San Diego since 2015 and is known to be relatively progressive in the church. He has expressed support for women deacons and for embracing LGBT individuals, particularly the disenfranchised youth. And most importantly, in the scope of this whole development, McElroy has been a vocal critic of the conservative American bishops who seek to use communion as a political weapon by denying communion to politicians who support abortion rights. Quoting an article from the Catholic Telegraph, quote, McElroy has strongly asserted his views that the Eucharist ought not to be denied to politicians who support the legalization of abortion. In addition, he has often criticized what he sees as the elevation of abortion as a priority over other social concerns, such as the death penalty and care for migrants and the environment. So many Catholic sources are noting this position as being part of the reason for Francis's choice to make him a cardinal, particularly because Pope Francis did not choose to make the higher-ranking Californian bishop, Salvatore Cordiglione, the bishop of San Francisco, into a cardinal. Cordiglione is definitely one of these bishops calling to deny politicians the Eucharist, and announced he was banning Nancy Pelosi from communion in San Francisco. So in choosing McElroy, Pope Francis seems to be sending a message that using communion as a political weapon is not the way to go. He's not on board with that whole idea. So that brings us up to today, which is June 14th, 2022. I'm not sure when we're next going to have an episode. But I would like to thank you for sticking with us throughout this unfortunate hiatus and the fact that we don't have any concrete answers at this time. I would also like to remind you that in 11 days time from today, on June 25th, we're going to still be presenting at Intelligent Speech. This is an online conference that you can attend from anywhere you are. It's taking place from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And there is going to be so many incredible, incredible presentations to see. We will be presenting on dangerous cult leaders, early popes who crossed the imperial line. And I will also be participating in a very, very exciting roundtable with Rex Factor and Totalis Rankium, where we will discuss the incredible crossings that have been inspired by the Rex Factor format, how that's created an, an actual genre of podcasting and, and an incredible community of supportive and wonderful people, but also how 
the topics that have been chosen to be covered in Rex Factor podcasts intersect, cross over, and always seem to have some kind of connection to one another, which is just super, super duper cool. You can still get tickets for the event at intelligentspeechconference.com. You can use the code POPE for a discount. And you will also be able to view all of these talks and presentations from every presenter in the conference, no matter whether you're there live or not. Everything's going to be recorded and you're going to get full access to all of that. So it's going to be an awesome, awesome day and you should definitely check it out. So on that note, I'll leave you with thank you again for sticking with us. Thank you again for being an excellent, excellent Hopey audience, and hopefully we'll see you sooner rather than later. Bye.